God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord. You exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone now therefore our god we thank you and praise your glorious name that's first chronicles chapter 29 verses 11 through 13 amen amen what's going on guys welcome to another episode of that good medicine podcast i'm your host marcus arnett i'm here with little nephew uh seth carter what's going on guys seth uh that's a good little bit of scripture there little uh, change in pace on our past two episodes we've been doing on a couple different cults. We did one on, on uh, Mormons and then one on Jehovah's Witnesses. So we're changing gears today, uh, getting into something different instead of going... We, we, thought, we had thought about doing like a month's worth of cults, and maybe we will at some point, but we really just wanted to get into this today, uh, the glory of God. So, um, man, that's a... There's, we could probably do honestly ten episodes just on the glory of God. Yeah, and I think today we're just going to do a quick summary of yeah. everything and yeah, pretty high level. Um, and what's interesting is is uh, you know all of our episodes are roughly about forty or fifty minutes, but it seems like the the things where we really get into that are more in depth, those tend to go a little bit longer. I've noticed, but. Let's get into this thing, man. So, what's what's uh, what you want? What do you want to kick us off with here? Speaking well, of the glory of God, if we're going to talk about the glory of God, which we mention a lot in church, we talk about whatever you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. Right. We go to church, worship God, and give Him glory. God saves people for His glory. Um, we need to know what the word glory actually means. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. So. Got to have a definition of the word glory, and I want to start with the Old Testament meaning of the word glory. It is a Hebrew word named uh, kabod, K A B O D, which has a root idea of weight, heavy, or heaviness. It was often used to men to describe the weight of their assets, of their heavy metals, their gold, their silver, their precious jewels. And we can imagine the greater the weight of a man's assets came to signify his greatness in the community and the greatness of his reputation and the greatness of his fame and the greatness of his sway and the shadow that he would cast of influence across the part of the region he lived at. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say, too, that our language, our English language, we don't have words strong enough to describe God's glory. I mean, that's a great definition of what glory means, but... In our um, feeble way and our 
language that's limited in some ways. I don't think we have words that are strong enough to describe what glory is, what God's glory is. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, it's a good definition. The weight of something, I kind of was thinking about that in relation to like the weight of our sin and then the weight of God's glory, which I know we'll probably get into some of that in a little bit. But what else you got? Going the back, what I was saying, uh, the greater a man's wealth, the greater his weight was. Even his words was even weightier than when he would speak in his community because of the platform of his wealth, his words carried impact. So that's not really a lot different than our, the way our society is now. Typically people who hold their, um, what they have to say holds more weight with people. Um, a lot of times it's because people that are, a lot of times those people are people that are wealthy, hold positions. Like, let's, I mean, like local um local people there in the political scheme of things if they're speaking sometimes uh what they're saying it'll hold weight with us versus like if i was on tv talking about something that'd be like who is this dumb hillbilly on yeah, talk so it's, it's not really any different than than in that sense than it is now no it'd be like your mayor speaking or something your mayor like heavier governor those type that, of things yeah. yeah congress anybody like yeah. that but that is the meaning of the word kabod it speaks of a man's riches and his great power, it speaks of his lofty position. Mm-hmm. So it is with God, with the word kabod. The word kabod or glory means the weightiness of God, the weightiness of his infinite character, um, the weightiness of his divine being, the weightiness of his gravitas, which means the seriousness and importance of manner. Uh, so it is uh, gravitas of his supreme majesty. The glory of God is the sum and the substance of the vast wealth of his being, of his person, of his character, and his attributes. See, God is all glorious. He is glorious in everything and of all his attributes. As we know, God is glorious. First off, when it comes to my mind thinking of God's attributes, his holiness comes into place. God is glorious in his holiness. He's glorious in his sovereignty. He's glorious in his goodness, his faithfulness, his patience, his grace, his mercy, his love, his foreknowledge. God is even glorious in his wrath and vengeance, even what people don't like to talk about. Yeah, God's glorious in all that he does. And I think just going back with that verse that we that we opened with um, out of First Chronicles, God has the power. He has all power and all glory to do whatever. Um, and he's glorious and he is, does all things for his purpose. Um, and it hold, his weight, uh, speaking of that word glory and kebab, his weight far outseeds the weight of uh, somebody that has riches and wealth and fame here. God's glory and the weight of his glory is so much more and so much higher that we don't even have words that could even give you the best explanation on what that is. Yeah, and when God speaks, he speaks with the greatest of weight. He casts the greatest influence that there is in creation. And for he is God, and there is none like him. Like you were saying, the glory of God comes to mean all of his divine attributes, all of his divine perfections, and all of his divine works as it is revealed to us. Yeah, God has the first say-so in things and the last say-so in things. Yeah, it is who God is and the revelation and manifestation of who this great God is. And God takes highest and greatest delight in himself. God takes the greatest delight in making his glory known. 
God glories in his own glory. God revels in revealing his own glory to his creatures. That is why he made us, that there might be watching eyes to behold the supreme majesty of who he is and those who will lift up his matchless name. God is a God of weighty holiness and heavy sovereignty and gravitas in his mercy and grace. And that's what the Old Testament meaning of the word glory really means. Yeah, so... Speaking of glory, we hear people say, and you mentioned it kind of open, opening up, um, of bringing God glory. So here's some notes I took. How do we bring God glory? So just a few things is is uh, our, our offering. I'm not talking about necessarily our money offering, but offering ourselves, as, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. So we're bringing him glory. But also, not only just an offering, but in worship. And I think this is kind of overlooked sometimes. Uh, even when you, we talk about music and things, like music is a form of worship. We're singing and acknowledging who God is, His greatness through, uh, through our worship that we sing to Him. We're bringing Him glory through the songs we sing to Him. That's why I feel like very strongly that it's important about what songs we do sing, which I'm not going to get into that, but... Um, yeah, we, the word should be all about him. It should be all about him, and um, the same with with preaching. As we hear preaching, uh, God gets glory from, uh, as you said, God gets glory. He's going to get glory no matter what. So His word magnifies Himself. So the preaching and hearing and teaching of His word brings God glory. That's a form of worship is hearing the word of God, uh, but also. Uh, uh, the way that we sing and the songs that we sing but not only that thinking uh, not thinking but thanking like as in thank you thanking God um, for the things not just for the gifts but because of the giver Um, that's how we those are just a few things that I had you know jotted down that uh, we ways that we bring glory to God it's not that God doesn't need anything from us you know it's not that we, That's his intrinsic glory, which we will hit on yeah. later. Yeah, it's it's God who um, is head of all things. He's in charge of all things, and he allows us the ability to, to do things. And through our lives, um, this body that we have, as Romans 12, 1, 2, talks about as a living sacrifice, the body that we have is just a vessel to bring him glory. Yeah, that's Man, that's what we're supposed to do. Whatever you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. But um, when we come to the New Testament, there is a different word used for the word glory. Obviously, that's what it, it would be a different word because it's a different language. The New mm-hmm. Testament's went, written in Koine Greek, the Old Testament, Hebrew, Aramaic. Um, and it is the word doxa. I believe I'm saying that right from which we get the English word doxology. Mm-hmm. Doxa is spelled D-O-X-A. And it comes from a word, uh, excuse me, it comes from a verb decao, which meant to appear or to seem. The noun come from this, and it meant, so, it meant how something seems to us, how it appears to us. And then it became a synonym for opinion, the opinion we have on observing another person. In a correct opinion, we get the word um, orthodoxy. That's how we got that word, actually, orthodoxy. It comes from the word doxa. And in a wrong opinion, it'd be uh, heredoxy. Mm-hmm. So, like heresy. heresy. Yeah. yeah. And in a 
opinion that you can't reconcile become known as a paradox. So doxa and decayo came to refer to a good or high opinion about someone or something as they seem to appear to us. The noun came to be known as a praise or honor as a result of beholding the greatness of God. The opinion that we have of God is what drives our worship and our praise. Yeah. So let's let's stop there for a second. Let's park it there. The opinion you said the, the opinion we have of God. Re, say again what you just said. The opinion we have of God is what drives our worship and praise. It's what directs our, our worship and praise. So going back to, uh, I talked a little bit about music, but going back to things that we've said before a thousand times in our podcast this is why it's so important to have a correct understanding of who god is so when somebody is preaching the word or teaching the word they're starting with the the right understanding of who god is it's the the god of the bible it's the jesus that's in the bible it's not a, a little g god it's not a different christ it's jesus christ the son of god and yahweh the one that's the creator of the universe. Yeah. Um, so having a good understanding of that is the, that's how uh, from that comes our worship and our praise. So if we if we get it wrong from the beginning, like we've talked about in the past two episodes with um, the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, well, the reason why they're so jacked up on down the road is because they're jacked up from the beginning. Yeah. For I mean, that's their just, doctrine of God's wrong and the gospel's wrong. Yeah. So glorifying God through. Um, I mean, obviously, our opinions don't matter in the sense that it hold, they hold any weight or anything like Not that. Not with his intrinsic glory, but with his ascribed glory, right. it does. Yeah, and understanding who God is through his word. So that's why his word is important. And the greater opinion that we have of God, the greater will be our worship to God and how mm-hmm. we ascribe him glory. Yeah, that's that's where like uh, this theology stuff that people like to refer to it as comes into play. That's why it's important. It's not just... You know, some people wanting to sound smart. It's getting to know God by His Word. The yeah. more we know Him, and the higher grace as you, able to worship Him better. Yeah, as you said, the higher, the more we know Him, the higher our opinion is of God. But see, if we have a shallow and superficial opinion of God on how He appears or seems to us, then our worship of Him will be lacking. I may just be lacking in so many areas, but mostly in seriousness and importance towards Him. Yeah, and I, you see this a lot, and I talked about thanking God for um, the giver of the gifts. But you see that what, exactly what you're talking about there a lot in um, these settings where people are so focused on these gifts and things to where they're more focused on the gift than they are to get the giver who yeah. is God. Uh, he's it's the Bible tells us in James, I believe it's chapter one, uh, verses sixteen and seventeen, that every good and perfect gift comes from above from the father of lights and in him there's no darkness he's the one who is the giver of the gift so if we get away from that and and get it twisted up our view of who we are worshiping and who we are thinking and who we are bringing glory and then it just it messes us up all the way down the line yeah it takes god by his grace to pull back the veil and make things known to you and i the supreme majesty of who he is and that's what happened to peter Jesus said to Peter, For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. But we are to behold the weightiness and the heaviness of God, to have an orthodox or right opinion of God, and to Mm -hmm. behold the supreme majesty of God. We must then respond in praise and deep love and respect for him. That's a good point with Peter, too, because that was right after Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
he said flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you so you didn't hear that somebody didn't just come and tell you that the spirit of god showed that to you Um, so that's why it's important that we say that is we trust the work of the holy spirit to reveal who god is to us through his word yeah and that's why preaching is so important that's why the highest goal of preaching is to set forth the glory of god before the people in the congregation and they need to behold his weightiness and uh, his gravitas and the people should be in amazement through the preaching of the word the people should be astonished by who god is and wanting to elevate his name yeah which i know we're on to the new testament now but something that i thought about and and talking with that is it's amazing to me that creation itself screams of the glory of god yes. uh psalms 19 1 says the heavens declare the glory of god and the sky above proclaims his handiwork so even nature and creation in itself declare the glory of god it's screaming the glory of god and i think a lot of times we get so like twisted up and weighed down by things that blur our vision to where um sometimes even nature is has a better understanding of the glory of god if i i mean if i can put it that way than than we do sometimes because we're just so limited and and our vision's blurred in, in a big way yeah, even the rocks would cry. Yeah, I mean that's something to think about. Yeah, that's there. how that's how weighty God's glory is. It's amazing, and the greatest joy that any believer will ever have is to one day stand face to face with God in glory, for your worship to be perfect, for there will be no sin nature to get in the way, for there will be no veils, and for there to be no uh, distractions, and to be able to stand in his presence with a beautiful and clear vision of him, to behold the glory of God perfectly is what every believer longs for. That is the greatest joy. I mean, that's the truest happiness. That is the greatest desire of a true Christian. That is the greatest wellspring of joy in a person's soul that they will ever know in their hearts is to stand before him and see his glory. Amen. I was trying to find this verse here real quick in Galatians 6, and I think it's like verse 13. Let me try to find it real quick. Um, Galatians, oh, it's 14. Galatians 6 and 14. When, I mean, and anybody that's that studied the Bible or, or heard, you know, the Bible taught through, has probably heard sermons and teachings through Galatians and how, uh, there's so, those that came along were troubling the church with saying that they had to be circumcised and Paul just obliterates that the whole book of Galatians but I like what he said in Galatians 6 and 14 he says but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ um, which the world has been crucified um, to me so in the King James I believe it is it says far be it that I should glory there's not anything that we can boast in um, it's Paul saying God forbid that I should glory in anything except the cross of Jesus yep. Christ um, so what we've tried to do through this podcast and just through conversations that we've had is continually point people to Jesus yeah. not not you know we love old theologians and different people that have a wellspring of knowledge but ultimately it's pointing people to jesus to glorify god yeah that's that's the main thing is to bring god glory yeah and god does all things for his namesake that's right not because you're so great but because he's so great yeah and 
uh, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but I, I was watching the uh, the American Gospel, one of the American Gospels, and they kind of picked apart that song. Um, he thought I was worth saving, and it's you know, obviously God sent His Son to die for sinners. Yeah. I'm not making light of that, but to say that there was anything in us worth saving. Um, we don't have we. There's we have not, nothing to offer. We have nothing God. to offer to God except for our sin. Is it? That's it. Um, there's only one person that has all glory and all power and all honor, uh, and that goes to God. And so, you know, I just I thought about that as you as you were saying that. But yeah, God saved us, but it was it was for His glory. It is. It's all for God's glory and. I just wish people would have a deeper, richer understanding, um, a more God-centered worship towards Him versus man-centered worship. It's what I wish. And a high view of God leads to high worship. That leads to a high view of high and holy living, and that leads to a high impact in this world for both time and eternity. But to have a low view of God, not to boast in the glory of God and to have a low view of God one thought up and conjured up by one's like own imaginations or drawn up from empty wells of church traditions or one just from vain religious superstitions is to live a low and shallow life that has no lasting impact yeah um, and we see in I was just thinking of Romans 1 when you were talking uh in Romans 1 21 says for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give him or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things now obviously you got to take that into context that it's written there but just that little snippet of of what he's saying there exchange the glory of god what have we exchanged the glory of god for now i mean there's so many things where as you said traditions ideas ideologies just sin in general which i mean it all boils down to that absolutely but we've exchanged the glory of the immortal god for so many things to where it's it's blurred people's visions of just how glorious god truly is to where uh, the heavens declare his glory the earth that you see uh, God's creation is screaming it and we have ex- exchanged that glory for you know X, oh, yeah. Y, and Z whatever sin has, has led us to so I just wanted to read that from Romans. that was good and I like what the Puritan said to glorify God and enjoy him forever that's man's chief purpose yeah I love that. I mean, they got it right when they was writing the Westminster Confession of Faith. What is the chief purpose of man? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. What are you doing to bring glory to God? And what do you get in return? You get Him in return to enjoy Him forever. Yeah. Yeah. You get you get the giver of the gifts. Yes. Not just the, one, just, not just the uh, benefits of, you know, being able to do this or do that. Um, but you get the giver of the gifts himself you know his his he's so magnificent and so much higher and more perfect 
than anything. Then, well, because there's not really anything that's perfect besides him. Nothing there's, to him. there's nothing. That's why I said in the beginning that I mean, even though we have these words and the, the what these words mean, even that those words themselves can't describe how glorious God yeah, is. God has to speak to us in human language because. Yeah. I mean, he's just so above us. Yeah. But I want to go to this right here, Marcus. I want to go to uh, the distinctions of God's glory. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to make a careful distinction between the two aspects of God's glory. The first aspect of God's glory is his intrinsic glory that I mentioned earlier. This is the glory that God has in himself. This glory is the inherent, inherent with his divine nature, is who God is, is the sum of total of his attributes is the fullness of his divine nature is his total of his character and we cannot give to God intrinsic glory God is who God is from everlasting to everlasting you are God that's what the word says he is God who was and who is and who shall be forever he has always been glorious he is all glorious and shall be always glorious he never changes he never increases he never becomes less regardless of whether the creature acknowledges it or not God uh, is this altogether glorious within himself is what this means yeah God's glorious from the beginning he'll be glorious he's glorious now and he'll be glorious um, whenever you know the time as we know it is is ended and we enter into eternity God's glory hasn't changed that's right that's right and this verse right here psalms 24 verse 7 lift up your heads O gates and be lifted up O ancient doors Mm -hmm. that the king of glory may come in who is this king of glory the bible says the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle lift up your heads O gates and lift up yourselves up O ancient doors that the king of glory may come in who is he this king of glory the lord of hosts amen who has the authority to tell the gates to open up to tell uh that rules over kings and kingdoms and uh man itself man ourselves uh, who has that who has that power and who has that authority it's the king of glory he's the only one that can be ascribed that type of authority and that glory it's because he's had it from the beginning that's right he's the king of glory he's the king of uh, sovereignty the king of holiness the king of perfect wisdom the king of eternal love absolute power and perfect righteousness and all of his attributes come together to be the composite of glory of his glory the intrinsic glory that belongs to god alone um acts 7 verse 2 describes him as the God of glory who appeared to Abraham. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that verse is so much deeper than what people realize when they get in there and really start studying it. Mm-hmm. Um, the glory of God is that divine standard by which every life is measured, and we have been weighed in that balance, and we fall short of that. Yeah, I think you see that too. I, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Matthew 5. I was trying to find it real real quick but um where jesus said be you perfect as your heavenly father is perfect yeah um so who can measure up to that only christ only christ only his righteousness though yeah so all have sinned and fallen short of his glory that means all have sinned and none are perfect yeah and there's only one that ever was the only part yes of course and adam before he sinned right had he didn't fall short of the glory of God because he was perfect image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. But of course, the fall ruined that, and Christ comes along, being the last Adam to restore 
God's image back to that, what God want, uh, Scripture will wanted it to be. Yeah, John Piper said this, God is in a class by himself. He has infinite perfections, infinite greatness, and infinite worth. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. The intrinsic glory of God belongs to God alone. Is his perfect glory, is his eternal glory, it's his unchanging glory, is his holy sovereign glory. It's ultimately, just to say this, it's who the God of the Bible is. Yeah. Yep, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. His his glory, his holiness um, is put on display by his glory. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one more point here I want to go over, and as we mentioned this earlier too, ascribe glory. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about intrinsic glory, how we can't make God know more glorious than what he is. Ascribe glory is that glory that we give to God. Ascribe glory is the glory that rightfully belongs to God from all his creatures. It is the purpose for which we exist upon this earth. We are to live in such a way as to ascribe glory to God. Ascribe glory in praise and worship that we give to him is the manner by which we live our lives that enhances the reputation of God upon the earth. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really good for that. I, I mean, praise be to God, I read after a lot smarter men than me. <laughs> but Psalms 29 1, ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Psalms 29 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. I mean, right there it is talking about giving glory to God always. That's why it's important in worship and putting our focus directly on God and glorifying him. And I think we've talked about it, you know, some already, but we get off track by um, focusing on, you know, how dynamic a speaker is or how, how somebody is presenting something or whatever, however you want to put it. When at the end of the day, these are just feeble um, sin sinners. They're yeah. feeble sinners. And where we mess up is we get away from looking at, what the scripture says and thinking with the mindset of glorifying God. I always said this once I come out about your tradition. I don't care how a preacher preaches. If he's loud, even if he stutters, I don't care. There ain't nothing wrong. That Moses stuttered. What I'm here to say is what matters is the words of how they're ascribing glory to God from the pulpit. Yeah. Let me read this. First Peter 1 and 24. I'm going to read it from the King James version. Oh, I, man, it's 1611. I love it. Got I, cold chills. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do love it, though. It says, First Peter 1, 24, it says, For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of the grass. Now, what does it say about the grass and the flower? It says, The grass wither, and the flower thereof falleth away. What's the next verse say? Let me get there. <laughs> but the word of the Lord endureth forever and this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you so the glory of man is it's just fading away I mean ours is fading but the glory of God it was in the beginning it'll be in the end and it remains forever yeah you can't put time on it right at all you could say in the beginning but you're starting somewhere of human language there and yeah uh, He's always been glorious. And as a result of God beholding his intrinsic glory, the only rightful response to us um, to do is ascribe God glory. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I and I know I mean, we've not talked a lot about it, but I think that's why I personally like we talked about it a little bit Sunday night at our our home group. But these confessions and things that that people that from a confessional background that they do as part of their worship service, all that is is describing God glory. That's right. Just uh, stating who He is. Statements from His Word about Himself. Oh yeah, and going back to this right here, how he's talking about the glory of man fading away. Mm-hmm. We're not worthy of any glory, no, at all. No, it's like the flower that's dying. That's right. Yeah. See, God is worthy of all the glory issued to Him mm-hmm. because of who He is. Yeah, glory. I mean, is it shows worthiness, right? So, mm-hmm. what what worthiness do we have? We don't have any except for what we have in Christ. As Paul said, we shouldn't glory in anything but the cross of Christ. That's right. That's where it all boils down to. That's where it all goes back to. That's where, uh, as the old old folks would say, where the rubber meets the road. That's right. And we need to understand this right here. Take up an offering. <laughs> take up an offering. <laughs> Pass the place, take up an offering. We got dinner on the ground. One thing we need to realize about the about God is we must understand that God is a jealous God. Mm-hmm. And he will not share his glory with another. So what makes men think that they're going to get glory? Mm. Yeah. That right there will cut you like a knife. Why would you want to be put on a pedestal that that's just going to be kicked out from underneath your feet? That's right. At any, at any moment. That's right. Not one note in singing or anything should mm-hmm. not be given to man, but only to God alone. Yeah. Um, he is infinitely jealous of his absolute glory. I mean, Isaiah 42, 8, I got the scripture right here, says, God says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Mm-hmm. God has an absolute zero tolerance policy on idolatry. All, play, all praise and glory must go to him alone. Yeah, we get in trouble to when we, we start thinking, man, I'm killing it. And Or if you're, if you're singing, you think, man, I just crushed that song. And we start looking inwardly and looking at ourselves and think, well, I've done really good. Well, it, that, that's when that pride creeps in. And what does that pride stem from? Trying to ascribe glory to ourselves. That's right. When God's give, if, if you are a singer, I'm not even going to try to sing because, man, you know, the 25 listeners we have would probably never listen in again if I tried to <laughs> sing on here. But if if we start looking inwardly and say, oh, it's me, you know, I, I've done a great job at this. Or if you're preaching a sermon, you say, man, I killed it today. Well, God gave you the ability to do what you did. God gave you, uh, if you're singing, God gave you the ability to be able to sing. He is the giver of the gift. It shouldn't. Be, we shouldn't be glorified for the job that we do, but it, we should ultimately point people to Jesus to say, "All glory goes to God." That's right. It's not. I mean, I may have the ability to say, or you may have the ability to to speak to a crowd of people, and they are really receptive, and they hear it, and they listen, and they get a lot from it. But is that something that you've done? No. no. That's God working through just a week feeble vessel uh, that's vessel. what it is yeah and that's the reason why if i hear a preacher preach a good message i will say good job god really used you yeah good you done a good job serving the lord mm-hmm. laboring in the word to bring that message out and god really used you for his glory that's what i say i don't say good job you knocked it out of ballpark because yeah. that right there is where the pride swells to their head and everything when you ascribe glory to god and i think you see this a lot with these evangelists that you know uh, boasting their their numbers of conversions and things. This is where you see that a lot. They get in these competitions to where 
they want more glory ascribed to them because they've had more people saved underneath their their you know ministry or whatever and i even i I even i mean god does give ministries i'm not saying that but i even am hesitant to say you know his ministry or his ministry or his church it's god's ministry it's god that's got the ministry going on and people will say that i'll say i'm going down to seth's church or seth goes to church i mean most people would know what i meant when i say that but ultimately it's god's church that's right it's god's ministry anything that we do it belongs to god yeah, when you have a high view of God and who He really is and realize your place, it will keep you humble. It really will. All you can do is bring glory to God when you realize that you don't you don't deserve anything and you're unworthy. Yeah, and, and staying on that point right there, realizing He don't do it because you're so great. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 48, 11, For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned and my glory I will not give to another? Amen. The chief motivation in God's own heart in creation, in salvation, um, in his decrees, um, even in damnation due to his justice Mm -hmm. is his own glory. It's amazing to me that God would choose to use such just weak, feeble, messed up people to bring glory to himself through I mean honestly you said it earlier the rocks will cry out for his glory creation is groaning for rebirth creation itself is groaning for that glorification if you want to say it that way that's right Um, and how God chooses I mean we see in the Old Testament I believe it's in Deuteronomy where God used a a donkey one time to bring forth his message yeah Yeah. and so how crazy are we to think that we're anything? That's right. And I, I think people don't realize what our duty is here in this life at mm-hmm. times, or they get sidetracked. Our duty and our chief motivation as followers followers of the Lord Jesus Christ is to give him the scribe glory he deserves and enjoy him forever. I mean, that's it. Amen. And something that, you know, we, we'll tackle some things on this podcast that are probably not, popular so to speak not but typical things you hear no it's it's not things that are that people like to hear or even like talking about maybe maybe make people feel uncomfortable and we'll, we're going to challenge some more of those things as we continue to do on go on with this but um as god's glorified through his word uh he should be glorified through his word in truth that's right and so sometimes we hear you know god's word is handled poorly and God's, uh, we're trading the glory of God, excuse me, for something else when we're doing that. Yeah, he's not getting the ascribed glory he deserves when it comes to bad preaching. That's yeah. the reason why it is such a high calling to preach because you're explaining God to people, who God is to people. Yeah, holding out Jesus. Yeah, and sure. I, that's the reason why I take preaching and teaching so serious. Yeah, it, it should be taken seriously. Um, but then at the end of the day, as I said a minute ago, we should realize that we're nothing but vessels that God's using. You know, he could use anything to bring glory to himself, but he's chosen to use us. That should, number one, should humble us for sure. Yeah. Uh, but when we see, going back to talking about the weight, when we see the weight of that, of how really weak and... Um, 
not holding any weight that we have. We don't really have anything to bring to the table. God brings everything to the table. We realize that God's chosen to use us as vessels here on this earth to glorify him. Man, what better of a life can we live? I was listening to um, Nick Foles, I think is his name. He was the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the uh, Super Bowl. And now he's the quarterback for the, um, what are they, Jacksonville Jaguars. Thanks. Um, And he was talking about, he went through an injury in Jacksonville and he was talking about they were interviewing him and the guy said I know you're a man of faith how do you take this injury I guess it put him out for the rest of the year or something like that and he said well he said it's an interesting thing you say that because I am a man of faith and my life I live to bring glory to God he said so something that he said he found out when he hoisted the uh, Lombardi trophy when he won the Super Bowl he said my my you know, I didn't get any joy. I got joy out of that, sure. But ultimately, I knew that at the end of the day, if that's all that I had, I'd go home empty. But I knew that I was glorifying God through that moment that he gave me. And he was talking about how in this injury that he's had where he's missing the rest of his season or whatever, he said, I can also glorify God and thank God in this. And most people would hear that and say, it's crazy. You know, that's this is what you do for a living. You're Now you can't do it and you're you know put on the sidelines and not able to do this he said no he said god's given me a ministry in the locker room with these guys and i know i'm bringing just as much glory to god doing that as i was when i was hoisting the the super bowl trophy and i just thought man that is so awesome to re- to realize that whatever we do we're giving glory to god as we're re- recording this podcast today we're bringing glory to god by doing that and when you go work you know as a security guard yeah, I mean, <laughs> it probably sucks a lot more times than it doesn't as far as just having having a job or whatever. But God's placed you there for so a reason. It to bring Him glory. As God's put me in my job to bring glory. Everything we're going out and doing. I'm taking my kids to to ball practice. Yeah, I can bring glory to God by doing that. You know, it's everything just, you do. That's what Paul said. Yeah. whatever you do that for the glory of God. Yeah, and just because. You're not pre. You're not got the call to preach, and you ain't got the call to teach. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all got the call to share the gospel, of course. But people think that you can't be a doctor, you can't be a lawyer, you can't be certain things for the glory of God. But you can be for absolutely. The glory of God. Yeah, you can pick up cans on the side of the road for the glory of God. That's right. And so, you know, a lot of times we let our circumstances dictate that. But man, God's he he's put us placed us by His providence wherever we're at. And he's he's going to get glory from us. That's right. That's why he's left us here. That's why he didn't just take us out of here after he saved us. Is he left us here to glorify him? That's right. So, that's right. you got anything else before we close? I this believe one that's out? it, brother. All right. Well, y'all tune in next time. Uh, we're not 100. percent We're going to do the episode on. We'll try to get something juicy for you. <laughs> All right. Thank y'all. God bless.